0: Hey, everyone. This is part three of an interview with Generation 180's founder, Sandy Reiske. It originally aired on Josh Spodek's Leadership and the Environment podcast. In this episode, you'll hear about energy awareness, an idea whose time has come. Enjoy. Wait, before we... Sorry. Can I make one sort of conclusion statement uh, about Generation 180? Yes. It's just an idea. (laughs) If the idea spreads things will be, it will change. And to give you, to really crystallize it, when we were talking about spreading the word, what we end up with is, a, it's just a totally new conversation that happens and it's very natural. It's, it's you know, you're going to hear people saying, you know, I never go to the gas station anymore. I generate my own power. I work in the solar industry, or I'm securing our nation's future, or, you know, my kids love our solar panels. You know that that type of people just talking about energy uh, in a natural way because it's become part of their lives. That's where we're headed, and and the and so the cultural shift we're trying to propagate with Generation 180 isn't. We're not trying to grow something like selling toothbrushes or something sort of linear growth or exponential growth, if you can picture an exponential curve. We're not trying to hit exponential or even viral growth. What we want is like crystallization. Throughout society, the way a social norm becomes rooted and and durable and changes outcomes—that's what energy awareness, the energy awareness movement, is doing. And and we're we're really just trying to advance that. It's it's like an idea, like the snap of you know it's, it can happen that quick. And and I'll just my last statement about it. You know, Victor Hugo has a quote that says, you know. You can resist an invading army, but you cannot resist an idea whose time has come. And that's where I think we are. The time for this is totally right. And and this is the right idea at the right time and it's spreading. So people can be uh, a part of it.
1: I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. And it's, it's the, so many people out there have this view of if I do something, but the others don't, what difference does it make? And what you're saying is the antithesis of that. It's, That's the, ultimately, that's the opposite of leadership. It's saying, I'm going to act against my values, following everybody else, as opposed to acting by my values and leading everybody else and creating meaning and purpose. And you're giving people a way to do that. Right. You're crystallizing it.
0: Right. Yeah. Well said.
1: Man. Thank you. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Now we're going to talk about if you're up for it. Okay. Actually, let me ask you this question. What about the environment? I hear passion there. If so, what's the passion? What is it? Is it what motivates you about the environment?
0: Oh boy. I think I'm like a lot of people. I, you know, I just think about the future and I can see that there's a, a number of ways things can go and and I can see that we all have an opportunity to make it go the right way and it's a race, it's urgent, you know, let's Let's do it. It's all about giving us the best shot possible at not tripping up some type of feedback loop on the carbon cycle that's that's going to get out of control and really make it difficult to be uh, a life form on this planet. Uh, so, and that's the downside of it. I think you point out a couple times, and I totally agree, is that I want people to understand that we totally have a a fair and good shot at getting this done. <laughs> We've got everything we need to get this done. It's totally possible. And, and we have to get out of the mindset that this isn't going to work. And, you know, that's just depressing. I, I don't think I'm confusing myself about that. Uh, I think that there is a very good shot for us as a society to to change our direction.
1: So it's, I, I'm hearing that it's everyone has a unique perspective. I love hearing different people's views because some people are looking forward. You're looking forward? at a future that we can have. And I feel like you're motivated by, um, an ability to make that to, you can play a role in making that happen.
0: Yeah. I feel like, uh, if only everybody knew this, there's a, there's a certain set of facts around what's happening in clean energy that that's very positive and very few people are aware of what's happening. And so it's, this is a part of, of getting us into the solution. So that's really motivating. I feel like, uh, we've got something valuable to share.
1: And you're also speaking from experience yourself. Like you, yeah. you're not just some pie in the sky dreamer. Let me see,
0: $4 billion
1: of wind and solar facilities now operating across the country. And I'm just looking at your bio and uh, over a gigawatt of installations, like you're not just saying like, you're not just some dreamer.
0: Yeah, you know, I'll brag for a second and I'm bragging for Apex. Uh, this company, Apex Clean Energy, by, in 2015, we installed more wind power than anybody else. Nationwide. It was over one gigawatt in one year. And that's enough to power a city the size of San Francisco. Um, and that's just five wind farms. <laughs> yeah.
1: Some people listening to this right now are probably listening through power that's generated by you or,
0: I mean, your team. Maybe, you know, it's, uh, you can't claim any specific electron in that that's going through the wires, but, um, you know, as an industry, we're providing 10% of the energy now in the United States, almost 10%. We're approaching it quickly. Here's, I'd, let me just share one thing uh-huh. along those lines like milestones. People don't probably realize that solar was the number one source of energy uh, in uh, 2016, The new source, sorry, new source coming online. Uh, the biggest installations. growth. Yeah, the, the biggest addition of new capacity was solar and wind was right behind it. Uh, and then the past 10 years, We've crushed it. If you just look at net capacity additions of fossil fuels versus you know, clean energy, fossils added plenty of new fossil plants have come online, unfortunately, but they've retired many, many more. And so uh, almost 90% of the, of the change in energy capacity that's happened has been supplied by clean energy, wind and solar over the past decade, 90% that is a fact. <laughs> and so that gives you an idea of how fast things are shifting. It's 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 the net additions and subtractions in fossil side and all the additions in clean energy side. So we're we're really moving beyond coal. It's going mainstream, you know, we're achieve, achieving these milestones. Another one for you, you know, globally there's more wind power installed now than there is nuclear power as far as capacity.
1: All right, so all the solar, all this wind that means I should go on and turn on my air conditioner whenever I want and just no. use energy. Okay, so what should people conclude about their energy use? Because actually, after you've done all that, your next step was to reduce consumption. So as important as that was, why is it so important that we still reduce consumption?
0: Well, uh, it's two sides of the same coin. Uh, and I'd like everybody just to picture a graph and and picture energy demand going up and to the right. That's just a line going up and to the right. That's what happens is we we consume more and more energy over the years and and as we do so if you want to produce everything from 100% clean energy you can just picture clean energy trying to catch it and it's going up and it has to accelerate really fast so we have to add a lot of clean energy and catch that energy demand that's going up well what if and this is this is our objective this is what we tell people we're trying to do with our actions what if we could make the energy demand grow. I mean, it's going to anyway, but just not as fast. You would be lowering that curve. So you'd be bending it down. And what if you could bend the clean energy acceleration and ramp up? If you could make that go faster, you would catch the energy demand faster. And so we think, conceptually, of course, you know, if it's going to take us 50 years to do it, maybe we could do it in 25 years if, if we bend both the curves. I don't have any data on on that to say that it's definitively we can make 50 years, 25. Uh, But um, it is, it is what society should be aiming for changing both consumption and and production of energy.
1: Okay. I'm glad that, yeah, that uh, if we, a lot of people think someday we'll have all the solar. So it doesn't matter what I do. And that's, it's, we got, there's a certain amount of time and the earlier we can do it, the reach where we're, Not using fossil fuels, we're not contributing to greenhouse effect. Yes, and the safer we are. I mean, we the sea
0: levels are rising. That's right. And here's an interesting thought uh, because you're, you're right. There is one thing I'll just say is the day you put solar panels on your roof, most people at that point start looking around their house and saying, maybe I should change my light bulbs. You know, maybe I can do other things to be efficient because I've got that solar on my roof. And and those, you know. I'm using clean energy. Uh, Some people might say, hey, it's solar. It's free. I'll use as much as I want. I'll get more light bulbs. But there's this other really neat aspect to it. That is, you're like your own utility. It's local energy. Everything then becomes, you're much more aware of energy. and, And you have that motivator to save naturally because you'll save money. So when you are not using all your solar, you're exporting it to the grid, you're going to be paid for it. Uh, Or it's just going to lower your bill and you can get to a place where your bill is essentially zero for usage and you might have some connection charge. But, you know, a lot of people pay attention to their production and consumption and they like to see the net result when every month their bill is zero on on the consumption side. And I I think that's a huge motivator.
1: Yeah, I found that certainly people take on the challenges on this podcast is that doing it leads them to want to do more. It's the opposite of what they expect before they do it. So I guess people might think, oh, energy will be free. I'll just use it all. But then it's energy, they get more in touch with it, and then we're connected with it, and they realize what's going on, and then they, they use it more
0: thoughtfully. Thoughtfully, and here's another twist is, hey, why don't I get an electric car? Because electricity is like three times cheaper, two to three times cheaper than gasoline. And I'll power it with my solar panels. So I'm driving on sunshine, <laughs> right? Like, like Then you're driving yeah. on sunshine. Yeah, it's, it's a, an amazing concept. Uh, and so that's where, again, local energy is um, all about. It's like I get my tomatoes from the garden. I get my water from the well. I get my energy from my roof. Thanks for listening to part three of the conversation. Be sure to check out our website for more information on how you can get involved in the Energy Aware movement at generation180.org.